Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Stephen Wessner is CEO of Predictive ROI and host of the top-rated Onward Nation podcast. I've been honoured to be a guest on his show and I'm happy to turn the tables on him this week. Predictive ROI is built on the belief that most businesses go about sales in the least productive and most painful way possible. And so Predictive works alongside their clients to help them build a position of authority so that they can grow their audience, nurture leads, and increase sales with the right fit clients and prospects. Stephen, welcome to People First. Uh, thank you uh, very much for the invitation. And just to, I know it's kind of rude to like correct the host, but you've been my esteemed guest twice on Onward Nation because uh, the first interview was just that awesome that we had to do an encore. So you're amazing. Thank you very much for the invite. Oh, Stephen, I am so looking forward to this conversation and learning from you and sharing that wisdom from the work that you've been doing with all sorts of companies at different stages in their life cycle mm. and in their evolution. But before we get to the nitty gritty, I want to start with your origin story. If you go back to when you were a wee lad, you're at elementary school, the teacher saying, what do you want to be when you grow up, grow up? What did you want to be? What did you think you would be doing at this stage of your career? If somebody asked me that question uh, in the scenario that you just mentioned, I would have told them uh, most likely that I would have been in the restaurant business, probably. And the reason being is because my entire family is... I've uh, been in the restaurant business or food service, catering, something like that. Um, that I mean, that's the origin story of my family. And reason being is because everyone in my family is, are, we're all entrepreneurs. My aunts, uncles, my, my mom, uh, we're all entrepreneurs. My grandparents were entrepreneurs. Uh, but my, my origin story goes back even deeper than that. And it might sound a little bit strange to your audience to say my origin story goes back to 1910 when my, <laughs> when, when my grandfather was, um, was actually just eight years old. And so my, my grandparents immigrated here from uh, Greece and Turkey. Uh, my uncle uh, immigrated here in 1968 from uh, Thessaloniki in Northern Greece. And when my grandfather was eight years old, um, you know, his dad, my great grandfather, didn't come home one day. And um, wow. And it, there was a time when ethnic cleansing in Turkey was uh, sanctioned by uh, the Ottoman Empire, the government at the time. And my family's Greek. And so my great grandfather was killed on the streets of Istanbul. And my grandfather, at the ripe old age of eight, became the man of the house. And he uh, happily took care of his mom and his two younger siblings. And I believe to my core that my DNA, my family's DNA changed that day. And we became entrepreneurs. And his dream was to come to the United States. And he did uh, about 10, 15 years later, uh, came here with $10 in his pocket, couldn't speak the language. And six years later, opened his own restaurant in downtown Canton, Ohio. It was 1926. Um, not a great time to open a business because uh, mm -hmm. it was right a few years before the Great Depression. And he gave away more soup than he ever sold and which also instilled in our fabric of entrepreneurs that if you take care of your customers, they will take care of you and give away more than whatever you expect in return. And in my uncle, many years later, my godfather, my grandfather's son, um, sat down with him and he said, Pop, why did you do that? Why did you give away more soup than you ever sold? 
And my pop looked at him and said, I know that Jesus is coming back someday. I don't know what he's going to look like. So I'm just going to be good to everybody. And so my origin story, I believe, is rooted in entrepreneurship and discipline and hard work and taking care of your customers, putting family first. And, and if we do that, it's a simple recipe, but it's a great recipe for success. And I love that because you use that phrase recipe in terms of the partnership that Predictive provides to the clients you work alongside and also Onward Nation. It's, it's giving people the, the ingredients that they can put together and, and build their own special business. But in my experience, there's one thing to look at business owners. I mean, I spent 15 years in finance and in banking, lending to all sorts of different companies and industries. There's another to actually start your own. Mm. So what was most surprising in your entrepreneurial journey when you actually started to wear that hat yourself? Um, you know, predictive ROI is my is my fifth business. Um, and it's it's always kind of felt natural to do it. I think I think if there's any sort of surprise in it, and and I don't know if surprises, maybe surprise is the right word. Because I always watched my uncles, my aunts, my mom, my grandparents wear the heavy burden mm -hmm. with grace and with a smile on their face. Um, you know, my uncle, uh, Bill, who owned uh, a restaurant for many years, 25 years, and worked alongside my aunt and gritted it out. And in us kids, we, we never felt like we had, you know, that we were missing out on anything. We had great childhood. Um, and later in life, he told me, he said, you know, there were times where it was really knitting it together to try and make payroll. And, and so I think, I think if there's anything that's hard about it, I mean, entrepreneurship is undoubtedly hard. But I think the hardest part is wearing that burden with grace and, mm -hmm. and, not, and, and not being false about it, but mm -hmm. wearing it with grace and humility and the wins and the losses. Mm -hmm. um, that's hard. It's interesting. You shared your origin story going back to 1910, which puts you at a 110-year-old overnight <laughs> success. You've acknowledged you're a fifth business owner, so there's a five-company overnight success. And for many people looking and learning from you, they see the tip of the iceberg. Mm. And so for people listening who've been thinking and toying and mulling over starting their own business, what is the underestimated element that people should consider before they make that leap? Yeah, I think you uh, expertly, I think you just gave advice in your question, which I hope your listeners, um, you know, hear and listen and, and follow. And that is, there is no such thing as an overnight success. It does take time. Um, me, just like any other business owner, we're a work in progress. Um, and, and there's this illusion today. Like if I have to see one more Facebook uh, ad about how easy it is to become a seven figure business owner, I, I think I might, you know, just get sick to my stomach because it's not easy. There's, there's a reason why there's only 700,000 of them in the total United States out of 28 million business owners. Mm -hmm. Most people who say they're doing seven figures 
unfortunately, are lying because it is hard. It is a small community. And, and I think that business owners today have been led, have been misguided, thinking that, oh, I'm going to set out a shingle and I'm going to do a Facebook funnel and I'm going to give away a few things and blah, blah, blah. And tomorrow I'm going to be a seven figure business owner. That it doesn't happen often. It's hard work. Um, and so I, I think the, the piece is just keep it in perspective, actually enjoy the journey and recognize that it's a progress. Every year you build on something new. It's a great opportunity to learn and meet exceptionally smart and talented people to do great work on behalf of clients. Awesome. But never, re, but never forgetting that it takes time. There are no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. No, and I think like you, I've seen a lot of those adverts this year, and I don't know if it's just because I wasn't paying attention to them and the LinkedIn outreach of we're going to help you double your client base, and I'm thinking, well, no, thank you. Um, (laughs) Do you think that's a reflection of 2020 has been a unique crucible, whether it's a leadership crucible, a business crucible, because even if it were easy, it's easy when things are going well. Hmm. This sort of year, though, is the true test of successful entrepreneurship. So what do you think is driving those Facebook posts and the promises that we're seeing? Crucible is a great word. I think, in my opinion, 2020 has brought out the best and the worst in people. Mm -hmm. I think the amount of stress, the amount of challenge, the amount of difficult conversations Mm -hmm. we've all needed to have the things in society that we've needed to acknowledge that actually do exist, Um, the difficult conversations as a result of those. So in the loss, the hardship, Mm -hmm. the death toll, Mm -hmm. I think that 2020 has brought out the grace and the generosity and the kindness and compassion. And it's brought out the desperation, the violence, the vile, the um, separation, the divide. So both in the workplace and just in our families and communities. So when I see the get rich quick schemes and advertisements like that, I think it's out of both desperation and greed, mm-hmm. as opposed to then, then, then I do see the business owners who are winning and who are building followers and who are building audience are people like you and it's it's people who are coming to their audience with generosity and teaching and sharing and full transparency and acknowledging that it's not about them. It's actually about the audience winning and how can they double down on being helpful and all of that. And that is what I love. That's the spirit of entrepreneurship. And that's what I think 2020 has done. 2020 in all of its stress and pressure and everything has separated the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, absolutely. One of my earlier guests on People First was my friend and colleague, John Baldoni, Hmm. who talks about grace under pressure and how now more than ever, when our um, interior drive might be to hoard toilet paper to make sure that I'm okay, actually, this is the time for the grace and the generosity because together is how we navigate this through the relationships, et cetera, that I talk about in Cultivate. But we do it together. And when we start building those walls and separating and dividing, it actually makes it harder. So I'm curious, when you think about your team at Predictive ROI, 
-hmm. And when you think about the ripple effect to the clients you support, what are some of the pragmatic and practical tactics that you have been putting in place to maintain and nurture that sense of team and community? Uh, we, we take our values uh, pretty seriously. Our first one is gratitude. Um, our second is life is not static. Um, and and we, we take our we take our values really seriously in living them out in 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 full transparency in front of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. We actually celebrate teammates every couple of weeks as far as who was the person who lived the values out the most and demonstrated our values in front of each other and or in front of a client. Mm -hmm. And then and then because we've been doing that so consistently for the last several years, um, clients see that. And I've, mm -hmm. and I've had clients say to me, gosh, I was on a call with Morgan the other day and, you know, I asked her to do something little and something, you know, whatever. And and, you know, I, I noticed that in one of our values is also um, no job is too small and no task mm -hmm. is not mine. And, and, you know, she jumped in the trenches and got that done for us. And that was super, super helpful. I'm like, oh, awesome. I thank you for sharing that story with me. Uh, and then, and then we share that with our teammates mm -hmm. as a number and as another way to call out and, and share evidence of, you know, working our values and living them out every single day. So when we live out our values and we encourage each other to do that, and then we witness that and call that out and teach from demonstration, walking the walk. Mm -hmm. Our clients see that. And then our clients are like, oh, my gosh, I really want to work with a grateful team, a nimble team, a team that no job is too small and no task is not mine. Oh, gosh, you guys really do believe we win together. And it's important for me as a client to win and that you're not out to just win for yourself. Um, and so that really matters for our relationships with clients. And it's important because it is that sense of community and trust that underpins every business relationship, whether it's colleague to colleague, boss to team, or client to client. And I know you're a prolific writer, you're a prolific sharer of your wisdom, selling with authority. What will people learn and discover if when, when they get the copy, because I strongly recommend it, but crack the spine on any of your books? I, I hope that what they when when they read sell with authority or something else, I hope what one of the messages that comes through is that it's not about them at all. It's about the audience winning mm -hmm. that that I, I can't stand here in, in your show and say, I'm an authority. I'm an expert. I'm a thought leader. How, how, how dare I? Actually, it's it's your audience or my audience that gives me that right. And, and it's their faith in me that I must earn through hard work and helping them and showing them that they must win. And if they win, they bestow upon me any sort of like title that I might have been helpful. And if that and if, and if I'm and if I'm able to receive such a acknowledgement as an authority or thought leader in space is because I earned it. I, and I earned it by being helpful. So I hope my hope is, is that if somebody picks up the book, uh, sell with authority and reads it and says, gosh, this is, this is going to be hard. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's going to take me weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years of hard work of putting my audience first and following the 10 truths. But if I do that, Wow, I can build 
a pretty sustainable business. I can future proof my business because it's based on something other than a marketing scheme or campaign It's built on helping an audience grow into a nation of true fans. I love that because it, it is future proofing our businesses, our careers, our reputations, and it's like a flywheel and it takes mm -hmm. a while to get it going. But once you start adopting the 10 truths and making them part of how you show up and do business and that momentum builds and it becomes almost self-fulfilling. fulfilling. So when you think about the truths that you share in the book, which is your particular favorite? Hmm. Uh, well, there's a few of them, but my first one is having, actually, I'm going to give you two of them because they kind of knit together. Well, all 10 of them do, but, um, <laughs> and the first one is, is that in order to have an authority position, you have to have something to teach mm -hmm. that, that it's, that it's not about, you know, something, you know, front of stage versus back of stage. It's like you're coming to an audience, albeit maybe a small one at first, and you're coming with the spirit of a teacher, of sharing life experiences and knowledge with the goal of helping them get better. Mm -hmm. So they can get better at their job every day or whatever your audience is, is, is into whatever, like I'm thinking of sort of in the B2B world, right? Like how can you help your audience get better every day at their job? And so coming to them with a teacher spirit um, that you have something to teach, what is really knitted tightly into that is one of the truths of generosity, Mm -hmm. And being super generous and sharing your smarts, being so confident in sharing your smarts that you're not worried about giving your secret sauce away. It's okay. And one, they want you to. And two, it's not like they're going to steal it from you. But by you doing that, you're being helpful to them in a completely different way. It's not doing things like download my seven tips of whatever, but I'm going to hold back the three really good ones and you got to buy those from me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Jay Bear uh, said to me um, in one of our interviews together, he said to me, he's like, Stephen, you got to take all this big body of knowledge and break it into small info snacks that are easily digestible and give it all away. He goes, when you do, your audience will love you and you'll be surprised as to how they're like, wow, this is amazing. He's given all this to me for free. Could you imagine if we worked with their team and what we would get? Mm -hmm. and, and so that's part of being aligned with the 10 truths of what makes somebody an authority um, and not being concerned at all about giving away the best of what you got. I think that's why you and I get on so well, because abundance and generosity is the foundation for being an ally, an ally mindset. And we talk about that in Cultivate in our upcoming new book. And, and I often see leaders or business owners worrying about IP and how do I protect it? And I've got to hoard it, which is the antithesis about how I run my business, because there's more than enough success to go around and what am I going to do? Am I going to come after you for taking that those seven tips? I mean, it's a, a narrow-minded philosophy that causes people to have sleepless light, nights as opposed to just give it away and then you don't have to worry about it. And to your point, if you're adding value and helping us grow together, then there will be more than enough folks who are going to come back and ask for that coaching and the additional learning that helps to accelerate their success. It's powerful. Amen. It's powerful stuff. Yes. So how are you adapting and planning for 2021 and the learnings from this year? How are you changing your game to prepare for next year? 
Uh, excellent question. Um, you know, Susan Beyer and I, she's the uh, founder of a company called Audience Audit, and she's my research partner um, here at Predictive. And her and I just finished um, a research study that we entitled the ROI of thought leadership. And there were some really, really cool findings in that. And, and so in, in going through the findings, it made me think of, and then alongside the work that I've done with Drew, my co-author for Sell With Authority that you mentioned, um, made me think of, gosh, even though we've had a podcast now for five years, even though we have a video series and courses and books and whatever, you know, the research report, the work with Drew, Edelman's 2020 Trust Barometer, oh, yes. which is brilliant. Results. Uh, yeah. Like these three things made me think, holy bananas, in all the work that we've done, we are literally just getting started. Mm-hmm. And and so going to your question of 2021, we were going to double down on courses. Um, I don't know the exact launch date. Uh, so it could be December, it could be January, but we're building out an entire platform called the Authority Sales Machine, which is going to have a litany of mini courses in it. Um, working on a new book, the same title, Authority Sales Machine. And so we're we're taking the big research outcomes of all of these studies and looking at ways that we can double down even further on mm-hmm. being helpful, accessible, and having that teacher spirit. And I think 2021 is going to be a, a great year for us to do that. I love that. And making it accessible to the many and in what sounds like bite-sized portions so I can pace myself. Right. And I like it. I'll go back to your catering, your origin story. It's like a smorgasbord. And the danger is we walk up to these sort of things or as business owners and there are so there's so much choice that mm. we can end up gorging ourselves and making ourselves ill versus picking those um bite-sized pieces that are going to help us to accelerate success. So for business owners and leaders listening to our conversation, what do you think are the critical questions that they should be asking of themselves so that they can do what you're doing, which is think about how to course correct and fine tune their business ready for 21? Yeah, I would, I would challenge them to think so what what I've what I've shared, and you've been so kind, and um, it's it's not what I've shared, with the exception of maybe the origin story, they may have heard before. And so my challenge to them is, why haven't you done it yet? Mm-hmm. You 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 know deep down inside, like if I'm speaking to one of your listeners right now, you know deep down inside that what we're sharing with you is true. It's not hyperbole. We're not making it up. The research is there. The data shows that the companies that survived the last six recessions are the ones who made and came roaring out the other side are the ones who made progressive decisions. They doubled down on their team. They doubled down on R&D. They opened up new markets and they focused on thought leadership. They came roaring out the other side, outperformed 37% of their competitors in the process. The data is there. So my challenge to you is, you know it's true, why haven't you done it yet? And so that's like an introspection question. There's something inside you that's prevented you from doing what you know you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to square with, whether it's the imposter syndrome, whether you feel like you don't have a unique point of view, which is a lie you've told yourself, uh, whatever that is, there's some sort of obstacle that you've created in your own mind that has kept you from pursuing what you know you need to do. Square mm-hmm. with that. 
and figure that out and get over it quickly because the world is changing and the world deserves to hear your smarts. The world deserves the best of you and so does your team. So don't deprive them of that. Square with whatever that obstacle is and get on with it. Yeah, move forward in spite of the fear because you can be so much more. And you'll never discover just how much more until you take that step out of your comfort zone. So, Stephen, as we come to the end of our time together, what final thoughts do you have for entrepreneurs across the country but around the world who are listening to this? Okay, so I'll go back to your uh, buffet analogy because I think it's a really good one. Uh, Because oftentimes we can look at the buffet as opposed to somebody gives you three choices. Do you want steak? Do you want salmon? Do you want chicken? And then, okay, you know, I'll take the fish, whatever. Uh, Versus... 80 options Mm -hmm. and then overwhelm sets in and then we don't know what to choose and then, you know, whatever. Um, So my suggestion would be to pick one thing, to pick one channel of cornerstone content. If you really want to plant your flag of authority, you want to future proof your business, uh, as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. Awesome. But don't sit down and think, okay, for 2021, I'm going to launch a podcast, a video series. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to create that blog that everybody's been talking about. I'm going to great email cadence with our list three times a week and, 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 and stop. Instead, think, okay, you know what? I'm going to launch a video podcast series. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it twice a month until we can get into a good cadence. And then I'm going to do it once a week. And then we're going to start slowly slicing and dicing that into other channels Awesome. Build some momentum. And then in 2022, you take those episodes and convert it into a book. In 2023, it turns into a research series. Awesome. Start stacking that together. That's lovely. But just start. Stephen, wonderful wise words. Just start. How can people find out more about you and make sure that they subscribe for Onward Nation and the podcast series? Awesome. Well, thank you for asking. Um, So predictiveroi.com is where you can find all of our stuff. Um, All of our Onward Nation episodes, we're up to almost a thousand episodes now. Um, And then if somebody wants to connect with me personally, just look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, My last name is Westner, but it's spelled W-O-E-S-S-N-E-R. So find me out on or uh, seek me out on LinkedIn and connect and uh, look forward to crossing paths. Stephen, it's been a pleasure. I'll make sure all that information is in the show notes around. And I look forward to our ongoing partnership and watching each other learn and grow together. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.